Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. Let's talk about stress, baby. Let's talk about resiliency. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that can be. Let's talk about stress. Let's talk about stress. Hey guys, thank you for putting up with my singing and thank you Salt and Pepper for not coming after me for totally butchering your song. I wanted to start off a little bit light and fun because today we're going to be talking about stress. So I figured we could use a little pick-me-up in the beginning. So welcome to episode number 32 of the Daring DVM podcast where we celebrate holiday stress by talking about the physiology of stress. Sounds a little counterintuitive, but I promise it is so freeing and relieving to know that you're not crazy. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Your body is cycling through a normal response, no matter how stressed you feel. Before we jump in, here's my plug to remind you to sign up for the Daring DVM newsletter, which I send out weekly and it contains free coaching and mindfulness tools and practices, as well as nervous system resiliency techniques and applications that you can use in your life. As a holiday season bonus, I will also be sending out a video on the nervous system and the science behind building resiliency in the next couple of weeks. It's only going to be available to those of you on the mailing list. So if you don't want to miss out, then head on over to the Daring DVM website already and sign up. Also, if you are in the spirit of holiday gift giving, then my request is that you please subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. This tiny gift from you to me would really help me reach and impact the lives of those struggling with burnout and stress and overwhelm and anxiety. So let's spread some damn holiday cheer, y'all. If I had to ask you, what stresses you out? What causes you stress? What are you stressed by? Many of you will answer with things like, my finances, or my family, my fear of the unknown, my work, school, my partner. So I want to start out by defining what is stress and what is not stress. When we think about those examples, we typically refer to any of them, maybe all of them, as being stressful. But these things are not inherently stress. They are, in fact, stressors. For those of you who need help with my accent, that is S-T-R-E-S-S-O-R-S, stressors. And the thing is, stressors are just circumstances. And remember, circumstances are actually all neutral. And as long as you believe that these stresses cause you stress, you will always have symptoms of stress. Our stresses are just circumstances, and our circumstances are plentiful. There are external and internal circumstances. 
For example, external ones can include things like work, family, school, time, money, culture, expectation, even the traffic. And internal stresses are things like your thoughts, images in your brain, your identity, memories, the past, the future, even some personality traits. And the thing is, our circumstances do not occur in isolation. We do have a past learning and experience that color and flavor our current thinking. So when we talk about stress, what we're actually referring to is our stress response. And our stress response is a physiological reaction to a perceived threat. Our stress response can be described by the stress equation. This equation says that the stressor, which can be internal or external, plus our past learnings and experiences, plus our level of perceived threat, which involves things like our current mindset and our opinion of the stressor, causes our body's physiological reaction, aka our stress response. For those of you who would like a visual, I have pinned one of these to the top of my Instagram page, at DaringDVM, so go check it out. This physiological reaction is the activation of our sympathetic nervous system. These symptoms include tachycardia, sweating, rapid breathing, hypertension, hyperglycemia, dilated pupils, increased muscle tension, digestive changes, diminished access to our prefrontal cortex, increased anxiety, and a lower threshold for things like frustration or anger. This is our body preparing us for fight or flight. This occurs when our nervous system perceives a threat and sends a biological signal to our body to prepare it to react because the goal is survival. During this stress response, our body is reacting on autopilot and our CEO is not there to help us evaluate the situation. Our sympathetic nervous system has been activated and it is pumping out adrenaline and preparing our bodies for what we may need to do to survive. This is a healthy, functioning stress response. This is what is supposed to happen. The other thing about a healthy stress response and a healthy system is that our stress response is supposed to look like a wave with a defined peak and a recovery period. It is supposed to go up and down and up and down. We experience stress and we do what we need to do and then we recover. However, when we are activated too frequently or stay in an activated state for too long, it wreaks havoc on our health. When our system is dysregulated too frequently or it peaks and does not recover, we begin to see physical symptoms of stress, chronic stress, such as chronic pain or illness, gastrointestinal challenges, autoimmune diseases, insomnia, anxiety, nervousness, overwhelm, panic. This can also create negative symptoms within our relationships or in our day-to-day -day lives or at work, such as disconnection, compassion fatigue, burnout just going through the motions. Now our nervous system is super complex and if you remember from biology class it is made up of specialized cells called neurons. Our neurons transmit information throughout our bodies and we have both a central and a peripheral nervous system. These are giant communication networks that help us move, think, and feel. Our central nervous system is comprised of our brain and spinal cord which are our control centers. Our central nervous system receives, processes, and integrates information from all of our senses, 
and it transmits this information and instructions to the rest of the body. Our brain helps us to see, think, and feel emotions. Our spinal cord helps us to move and feel sensations. And then we have our peripheral nervous system, which encompasses all of the nerves outside of the central nervous system. Our peripheral nervous system transmits sensory information from our body to our central nervous system, and then it takes that motor information from the central nervous system to the body, which includes our muscles and our organs. It is essentially our messenger system. Our peripheral nervous system has two branches, the somatic and the autonomic. Our somatic nervous system is responsible for the voluntary control of our body. It also carries sensory information from our skin and our muscles. Our autonomic nervous system is involuntary and automatic, and it is responsible for our safety and survival. This is also where homeostatic functions occur, such as our respiration rate, heart rate, digestion, blood pressure, blood glucose. And this is the part of our nervous system that is activated in our stress response. If we perceive a real threat, then our body responds by doing exactly what it is supposed to do. However, if we perceive a perceived threat, then our body still reacts the exact same way, even though it's not necessary. When our sympathetic nervous system is activated, our body enters a state of hyperarousal. It is hyperactivated. This is fight, flight, or freeze. In a normal healthy system, our body produces stress hormones that flood the body, such as cortisol and adrenaline, and then over time these dissipate, and we return to our parasympathetic state, which is our rest and digest. This is our safety and resilience state, and the one in which we are actually meant to spend the majority of our time. But what happens in a dysregulated or unregulated system? What happens when our stress response peaks? but we never enter the recovery phase. And what happens when we stay in the state long-term? When this occurs, our mental and physical health suffer. We see negative impacts on our cardiovascular system, gastrointestinal system, immune system. Being in a state of chronic dysregulation can lead to disease. It also leads to poor emotional health. It negatively impacts our relationships and how we show up in our lives and everything just seems to spill over. We lose our ability to think clearly, and we have reduced function in our frontal lobe, specifically our prefrontal cortex, the thinking, planning, decision-making part of our brain. We can also see reduced activity in our temporal lobes, which house our speech and language centers. We can even see physical changes to our speed and strength. Sometimes we can recognize that we feel off. We don't feel like ourselves. Maybe we feel anxious for no apparent reason and we try to think or talk or rationalize our way out of it, but oftentimes it's difficult or we fail because it's not actually a psychological response. We cannot mentally work our way out of it because this is not a psychological issue. It is a physiological one. So what's the solution? The answer is learning to activate your parasympathetic nervous system. This is what we talked about in last week's episode. We need to learn to actively relax our bodies and to self-regulate because a relaxed and regulated body cannot house stress or tension. And this is because our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems are bipolar or biphasic. Each system is either dominant or recessive. They cannot both be in charge at the same time. So if your parasympathetic nervous system is in charge, then your sympathetic nervous system is not. And the thing is, sympathetic nervous system activation is good because we want to survive. 
But sympathetic nervous system dominance is what we want to avoid because this is when we start to experience all of those symptoms of stress. I mentioned this briefly last episode and I want to touch on it more in detail today and that is polyvagal theory. This is the hypothesis that our nervous system influences our emotional and social behavior and how we connect with other people and it can be adjusted through neuroplasticity. Our nervous system takes in cues from the outside, such as sensory cues. It takes in internal cues, such as stress, tension, gastrointestinal changes. And it also takes in interpersonal cues, such as those that occur between you and anybody else around you. And depending on what your nervous system neurocepts, you have a biological reaction. And this biological reaction bypasses our central nervous system, and therefore we have no choice involved. We also know from previous episodes that the biological response is not always accurate. Our nervous system doesn't know the difference between a real and a perceived threat. Polyvagal theory hypothesizes that we actually have two parasympathetic systems and one sympathetic system. These are classified as our safety system, our danger system, and our extreme danger system. And each of these pathways has its own pattern of response and own physiology associated with it. So our sympathetic nervous system is the one that we are familiar with as fight, flight, or freeze. We are reacting from a place of survival, which is unconscious and automatic. This is our mobilization pathway in which we become hyper-aroused. Polyvagal theory hypothesizes that there are two parasympathetic branches, which are two branches of our vagus nerve. The first is our rest and digest, which is where we have our optimal arousal level and we feel safe and we are able to connect and participate in social engagement. This is referred to as our ventral vagal system. The other branch is called our dorsal vagal system. And this is activated in cases of extreme danger where we go into a state of hypoarousal and we shut down and collapse. Our sympathetic system, according to polyvagal theory, works directly with our spinal nervous system and helps us regulate our heart rate and respiration. And it is what brings energy into our lives and enables us to move and to play. It is also activated in danger and allows for our survival. So its function is twofold. It is involved in homeostasis and is responsible for helping our everyday function and survival by regulating our heart rate and breathing. And it is also responsible for mobilizing and protecting us in times of danger. Polyvagal theory hypothesizes that our parasympathetic system is made up primarily of the vagus nerve, which is actually a bundle of nerves that extend from the brain through the body. This pathway is bidirectional. There is motor information traveling from the brain to the body, which comprises 20% of this pathway. And there is sensory information traveling from the body to the brain, which comprises 80% of the pathway. This is important information because if you are learning to regulate yourself and learning to coach yourself, then 80% of your work is actually learning to connect to your body. And only 20% is communication through thinking. So I hope you're all still with me because we're about to get even nerdier here for a minute. When we talk about the vagus nerve, we are talking about the ventral vagus branch and the dorsal vagus branch. The ventral vagus branch is found from our diaphragm extending upward and connecting to our facial nerves. 
This portion of the vagus nerve is myelinated. And if you remember what that means, it means the axons are encased in myelin, which increases speed of travel. Information traveling via a myelinated pathway can travel up to 3,000 times more quickly than an unmyelinated nerve. This is important because this branch is helping to regulate your breathing and heart rate too. This portion of the vagus nerve also connects to our cranial nerves and regulates the striated muscles in our face and neck. Because of this, it is sometimes referred to as the heart and face connection. Now remember, these nerves are myelinated and carry information very quickly, which is why your facial expressions can sometimes give away your true feelings because they are reacting before your brain has a chance to temper what your face is expressing, but you are too polite to say. This is also what allows us to interpret somebody as a welcome or a warning. And it also helps us maintain homeostasis and create feelings of balance and home and safety. The dorsal vagus nerve, on the other hand, extends from the diaphragm downward, and it is unmyelinated. This branch connects to our gastrointestinal tract and other internal organs, such as our liver, spleen, kidneys. It can also help to stimulate digestion, and it has anti-inflammatory effects. When we're in our safety state, it actually participates in our rest and digest. However, when this branch is triggered into a survival state and is dominant, it causes shutdown or collapse, and as a last resort, even complete dissociation. Now, it's important to remember that there are no bad states and no bad branches. These are all physiologically necessary because we need the capacity to adapt and change and to not become stuck. So when we are in a parasympathetic state and our ventral vagus nerve is dominant, we are in a zone of resilience. This is when we are anchored in safety, we are connected with our body, we have access to our communication and language centers, we experience curiosity and compassion. This is the state in which we can handle all of those stressors. We can go with the flow, we can connect with others. This is our safe and social zone. Our sympathetic nervous system is activated when we sense danger or perceive a threat. This is a mobilized state in which we have lots of energy. We feel the need to do something. This extra energy can be experienced as anxiety or aggression or frustration or panic. Because we lose access to our prefrontal cortex during times of hyperarousal, we can have a hard time seeing the big picture. Our goal in this state is to protect ourselves. And it's common for us to feel or experience resistance and have a hard time thinking and to feel stressed. Depending on our tendencies, we may want to attack or defend ourselves, or run away from the situation, or enter into avoidance. Our dorsal vagal branch can take over when we no longer have enough energy to maintain a sympathetic state of activation, or during periods of extreme danger where the only options are for us to shut down and collapse and disconnect. This occurs when we cannot escape. We no longer have access to our ventral vagal branch, so we lose our sense of safety and social connection. We lose access to our sympathetic energy too. This is when we can zone out and dissociate. Some people describe it as a feeling like they're disappearing. Other feelings can include hopelessness and helplessness and complete exhaustion or burnout. And like I said, there's no bad branch or bad state. Your vagus nerve is a communication channel that links your brain to your body, specifically your heart and your digestive system and other internal organs. 
and it is an important part of your parasympathetic system. It helps you regulate your body's relaxation response. We are meant to move in and out of these three states and to have the ability to adapt and to be flexible to the daily challenges of life. But we run into problems when we become stuck in a state of sympathetic dominance or dorsal vagal dominance. And remember, we do not get to choose which state we go to or exist in because these are biological reactions. Okay, so that was some nervous system background. Now let's change focus to application. I want to bring your attention to two terms, the vagal break and vagal tone. Vagal tone is a measure of activity, strength, and responsiveness of your vagal nerve. When you have high vagal tone, you have a greater ability to relax and to create resilience to stress. Whereas when you have a low vagal tone, you have greater susceptibility to stress, anxiety, depression, and increased risk to cardiovascular disease, chronic fatigue, and a host of other health problems. Now the good news is that you do have the ability to improve your vagal tone. When you do this, you can improve the overall function and communication between your body and brain. Improving your vagal tone allows you to improve your overall health, including your heart health and that of your immune system. It also helps you reduce stress and anxiety and fear. You do this through what is known as vagal breaking. The vagal break is what allows you to access the mobilizing energy of your sympathetic nervous system without becoming sympathetically dominant and entering into a survival state. This is actually what you're doing when you practice regulation techniques like those we discussed last week. Your vagus nerve connects to the sinoatrial node of your heart, which I'm sure you remember from class is the pacemaker of your heart. And when you breathe in, you release your vagal break and you increase your heart rate. And when you breathe out, you activate your vagal break and you slow your heart rate. This is why controlled slow breathing focusing on exhalation is helpful in decreasing stress. This is what allows us to anchor ourselves in safety and to flip ourselves into a ventral vagal dominant parasympathetic state. This is how you get into your zone of resilience and connect your body to your brain. This is why practices such as breath work or controlled breathing with meditation or yoga can help decrease stress in your life. So what happens in your body when you encounter a stressor or a challenge? Well, your body's first response is to take a little bit of pressure off the vagal break so that you can access resources and energy to meet the new demands. Remember, when we are faced with a challenge, our body becomes hyper-aroused. When this happens, our heart rate goes up and our breathing rate speeds up, which allows us to meet the biological and physiological demands associated with our stress response. When your system is functioning in a healthy manner, then the vagal break is subsequently applied and you return back to baseline as you recover from the stressor. This is the peak and recovery wave. However, things like chronic stress and chronic fatigue and constant frequent challenges can throw off our body's ability to do this. Allostasis is our body's ability to adapt to changing demands and maintain stability throughout the change. Allostatic load is the cumulative physiological wear and tear that results from chronic exposure to stresses. So symptoms like burnout occur when our brake isn't working properly anymore 
due to chronic stress and our inability to relax and recover, thereby leading to wear and tear on our nervous system, which subsequently leads to decreased physical and mental health and overall poor health outcomes. And that is why nervous system resiliency work and mind management are so important. You need to train your body and your brain. If you want to have improved physical, mental, and emotional health, you need to train your body and your brain. If you want to live a life of fulfillment and alignment and one in which you feel happy and successful, this is where your journey begins. Okay, my friends, I hope this episode was not too detailed or too in the weeds for you. Send me some feedback so I know what resonates with you. My hope is that you have a better understanding of what is happening to you physiologically and that you find this information empowering. In future episodes, my plan is to talk more about these types of topics and how to develop your vagal break and to improve your vagal tone so that you can expand your zone of safety and resiliency and you can get on with creating and living the kick-ass life that you deserve to live. Sound good? Great! Because this is the type of stuff I am excited to share with you. And remember, Sign up for the Daring DVM newsletter so you can get more tools and information like this delivered weekly to your inbox. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful week, and until next time, dare to dream. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www.daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. That's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to meet you. Dare to dream.